Welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob. I am one of your two hosts. My other friend sitting across from me is Marty, who is kind of looking like a Nick Frost today. So how are you doing today, Marty? I am not too bad. It's been an all right week. Another week, uh, another Transformer I've dropped way too much money on, but, you know, that's just how things go for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your Transformer. I'll, I'll raise you a cracked windshield on my truck today. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely take the Transformer. So, uh, yeah, uh, so anybody who wants to uh, join in with us, uh, we are at at the Edge of the Headlights on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to send us a message, we are at uh, Edge of the Headlights Podcast on gmail.com. So what are we going to talk today about Mar- today, Marty? I think we should get into a little lo- local UFO sighting history. All right. So do you find anything really interesting? Uh, I am going to go right away with a story from way back. Uh, this one goes back to 1884 in a small place called Max, Nebraska. Uh, normally, I do stay away from stories that are this old simply because they make a great story. Plus, it's in Nebraska. Right. Cornhuskers down there. You know? Right. But because of the age of it, there's nobody that can actually be interviewed who is still alive. Somehow, all material that they find is gone at this point. And it's really not much more than a piece of the mythology of the history of UFOs. But on this one, I, I am noting it because it is actually a somewhat unknown piece of history of the UFO sightings. Yeah, I have never heard of that one in Nebraska, and I've heard of quite a few around the area and everything. So Yeah. Uh, it made history because this is one of the first ones of a crash that was actually reported nationwide in newspapers. Like, was that in the same year, like the Aurora, Texas thing? It's years before. They actually credit this as what started the wave over the next 10, 20 years of stories of people coming out of talking about the crashes on their stuff. Aurora being probably the most famous this is of a, them. What, what year is it? 18 what? Uh, 1884. Holy cow. Yeah. And I think uh, Aurora was 90, 1890-something, if I remember correctly. I don't know off the top of my head. We'll have to Google search that sometime. Yeah. But yeah, no... Uh, a farmer and his farmhands had seen what they described as a flaming body flying down. If you hang on a second, sorry about that. I had a couple of PPK dogs that I had to take care of. <laughs> if anybody wants them, they're probably for sale. But I'm gonna try and get them off on Marty first. <laughs> sale free, whatever. As long as they're gone. Yeah, as long as they stop barking. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, the uh, farmer and his three farmhands had seen what they described as a flaming body flying down through the sky, crashing over a ridge. Uh, They went to discover it and found the rut from where something had crashed. Uh, Describing, they had pieces of wreckage everywhere made from a strange brass-like material that was ultra-strong but super lightweight. They actually reported picking up, it looked like a blade of a propeller shaft of some kind. That was 16 inches wide, 3 inches thick, and three and a half feet long. They actually picked it up with just a spade because they didn't want to touch it and figured it weighed less than 5 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's crazy. And what looked like uh, pieces of what would have been a 7 to 8 foot diameter wheel, but only pieces of it made from the same material. 
But yeah, like I said, it actually made national newspapers and brought on a wave of stories coming from different farmlands and everything. Like I said, the most famous being the Aurora in the years following it. But nobody really knows about the story. I had come across it and went, oh, what is this? Yeah, it sounds like the motels, like whenever, whenever somebody talks about Aurora, Texas, they always bring up about the balloon knots or whatever the balloon knots. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a big conspiracy about that kind of. Like there's all these people traveling the world like in 80 days or whatever with yeah. these helium balloons. But Dad, I, I, I don't know. The farmer a lot of times is going to know metal when they see it. Oh, yeah. You know. But yeah, with something that size, even now with aluminum, something that size, it still has a little bit of weight and heft to it. Mm-hmm. But to be, like they said, they had messed around with it, and it was very strong and sturdy, but yet super lightweight, which at the time, we really didn't have that many super good alloys like that at 1884. I just wonder what, through that farmer's head, he's like, what the f- <laughs> Probably not what the fuck, but he's right, probably like, right. someone just tore up my wheat field. <laughs> What in heavens, Joseph? I don't know, man. What is that? But yeah, then, like I said, the reason I don't usually like those stories to to look into too much is because there is no proof at that point. It's over 150 years ago, yeah. you know, and nothing is left. I don't, I don't know if I was him and the family being passed down, I would not lose that stuff. You know, it's like, oh, this is the, the propeller thing my great-grandpappy found. But nobody ever seems to know where the stuff went. There's no proof behind it. The Smithsonian came in and got it. Right, that's what I thought, too. I was like, mm, maybe they uh, offered 20 bucks to old Josephus and, uh, <laughs> for, his, for his part. But, yeah, I mean, it is a nice little chunk of history that I did not know about before seeing that. Like I said, Aurora I knew about. I mean, they even made a fictionalized movie about it in 80-something. I remember watching. The Aurora, the Aurora Encounter? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's the days following E.T., so it was one of those more heartfelt... Hold on, please. We need to get a real studio. Not, not a, <laughs> now, we, do, we got to quit staying in my mom's basement. <laughs> right, but it's so inviting. I know, she makes such good cookies. <laughs> it really is, and the couches are nice. Let's yeah, be real. <laughs> well, because they kind of look like pizzas when you get hungry, and yeah, they kind of look like pizzas. I am a chunky boy, and I do like the pizzas. <laughs> Well, I mine first report is not that old. Mine's from ni- 1956, and it's just from the local area here. It's from well, it takes place in Redfield, South Dakota, which isn't that far from here. No, it's about a, what hour? Yeah, about an hour drive. Yeah. Basically, this this whole sighting took a place over five hours. They saw one object, and they figured the size of this object was probably about a square block. Wow, that's it's because the guy is sitting here talking about it. He said it was slate gray. And it changed from blue-white to orange to red. Well, the size alone, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, it is. Because he said he started... It's only, he's seen at, like, one fifteen in the morning. This guy was a truck driver going between Redfield and Ortonville. Oh, yeah. And he was... said about 3,000... Well, the closest he said it came to him was probably about 1,000 feet up. And it said it looked to be about 12 foot 6. So I don't know if it turned on its axis so you could get, like, a side view of it. Right. But it doesn't really explain too much in the article. It's pretty short. And he said, but the fu- the funny thing I found about it is that when he was, he drove between Redville and Ortville, he ca- he watched it the whole way from Redfield to Ortville, and he watched it do all this zigzagging across the sky. Wow! And it dis- when it disappeared behind behind some clouds, it ended up 
illuminating the clouds. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that is impressive. Yeah. And especially for uh, an event to be that long. Yeah. You know. And he thought he was didn't know what for sure because it scared him because he's like, oh, his eyes, see, the first thing he thought was his eyes was playing tricks on him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, either way, he follows and he watched it as he's driving. He said the roads are really dead. There's hardly any traffic out. Well, in 1956, everybody's in bed unless oh, you're. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing <laughs> open other yeah. than, you know, truck drivers driving around. And even then, there wasn't that many truck drivers no. them days, like especially because he was like a route driver, I guess. He was hauling milk, I'm assuming, Dortville, like the cheese factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he gets there, and Ortonville is, he stops in Big Soul, which is a town right before Ortonville, before he crossed over the Minnesota border. And he stops, and he gets out, stretches his leg or something, and he runs into this diner that happened to be open, because it took him a couple hours. It was an all-night diner, I guess. And he found three guys in there. Well, three guys came out, and they just happened to be reporters for newspapers. Oh. And they, they verified what he saw, and they saw exactly the same thing. And they watched it about another hour, and it just made no noise, and just like, disappeared like a star that that is absolutely crazy see that i find it because yeah because i find it interesting too because if you if you know the area the people listening probably don't but ortonville and big stone is divided by big stone lake yep and while in south dakota that's the lowest point in the state oh really yeah the big stone lake is the lowest point in south dakota dang and it's a huge lake. It covers how Oh, yeah, it's bump. massive. I've been out on it. It is quite large. Oh, yeah. But I find it interesting just because of that fact, because it's hanging around the lowest point in water. And I, cause I th- there's always something about UFOs in water. Yeah. There's always something about that. I don't know what their fascination with water is, because that lake is deep. Yeah, it's, it's really very deep. deep. Yeah, there's always seems to be some kind of connection with them, either, you know, west coast along the ocean east coast even up around uh the northeast the great lakes yeah great lakes it's underwater bases marty yeah that's I mean, what it is i don't want to sound like a wackadoo but let's be real that's that, what's, that is that is the just most just sound like a damn wackadoo you're right. fine but yeah i mean that is the most uh credible theory on it in yeah. my opinion i mean why else are you drawn there to the water you know mm-hmm it's all right to sound like a wackadoo on this podcast. This is very true. That's that's what that's what we are. Because I know I've talked to a couple other people, and they're like, "Oh, you're doing that." And I'm like, "Yep, you're not second. They don't say it, but you can tell by the look on their face. Oh yeah, there, there's a look in their eye of, of they don't know whether to make fun of you or just be like, "Well, we got to make some distance here." <laughs> that is the one thing that I, I will say as as a side note to looking through a lot of the uh, local reports and stories. Some of them are through either uh, reporter stories or even police officer dispatch calls. And there is a high level of ridicule that gets put onto these. They're often noted by, oh, it's tinfoil hat day, you know, and it's like, ah. and this is why people don't come forward around here. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's just that around here, it's around the whole nation. It is. It is. But as I as like it today, like even at today's standards it's becoming more mainstream yeah because everybody's talking about oh there's gonna be disclosure in what is it may june yeah that ain't gonna happen no no uh (laughs) they will throw out i think some little things just to say they've put some stuff out for us the one that that killed me this year was we're right in the beginning of the covid explosion and the chaos of that 
is when the government's like, oh, yeah, here's a couple fucking videos of, of naval planes that were chasing something. Them videos are over eight years old. Oh, yeah. They were Before from, they I let them catching out. <laughs> clips of them. But it's like they throw that into the, the national arena, and even the major news places are like, oh, here, they put these out. Now let's go back to this old folks' home where people have COVID. It's like, but that is a major story. Of course they put it out while everything else yeah. is going on. And it was probably came out on a Friday dump. Because all the good news usually comes I out on Fridays. I think probably was. Because yeah. I think we were up... It might have been when we were up in Seattle. Or it might have been later. I don't remember which. What are you doing up in Seattle? We were up there right when all this kind of started blowing up. So that's how... You're the one that brought it back to South Dakota. I, I was hoping to be patient zero because I just wanted a couple weeks off of work. But <laughs> even having a wife what? that got it in my house, I still never managed to get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can hear you there. Same things running around here, right. too. Oh, yeah. And not to make light of it, because it is a No, it's a very thing. serious, we're not making light of but, it, but, you know. Marty's kind of a butthead, and I'm I, kind of I, an I, asshole, I've, so. I've got a dark sense of humor sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a horrifying thing. Oh, yeah. But we... we... I mean, every one of us, I think, has lost somebody in some capacity yeah. to this. But yeah, it just amaze me that that is when the government's like oh yeah here's some uh ufo stuff slip it in under under all the horrifying awful things and and stores being closed and yeah because then people all right really let's care. divert from this COVID right thing. let's, let's what other cases you got marty <laughs> i did get one which a lot of people i know know of uh occurred in 79 in marshall minnesota right across the border from us it was uh val johnson uh, deputy sheriff over there saw a beam of light speeding toward him and engulfing his car, followed by the sound of breaking glass. Uh, he was unconscious for, he assumes, about 39, 40 minutes. His watch and the dash clock of his car actually stopped for a full 14 minutes that was off. Uh, once he came to and got out of his car, he called for backup. His front headlights were smashed. His windshield was smashed. And the top of his vehicle had been scraped by something. And it was actually big enough that I believe he was invited to Good Morning America early on in 79 to give his story about it. <coughs> I know a lot of detractors had said, ah, he just wrecked his car and is trying to get out of it. But I find Heineken was Heineken. I keep saying Heineken. 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 How do you say his name? Heineken? Or is it Heineken? He's, he investigated that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Heineken? Okay, there we yeah. go. I, every time I see that, I hear about Heineken. I think about yep. beer. Right. I no, like but thinking about beer. I too. thought he said like it was. He said it was false, a false claim. Oh, really? I think that's what I read. Right. See, I I looked at the same article you did because yep. I said Murray's going to pick this one. He was talking about it, so oh, each, yeah. so I didn't pick that one. Yep. Yeah. No, that is a crazy claim. I don't know. Uh I haven't seen all the proof on it. We should drive there. It isn't that far. It isn't that far. I've actually got a friend who lives over around that area and works over there. Now, Marshall County, you know, is in the northeast corner. Yeah. South Dakota, okay. Yeah. Well, I thought, well, it said Marshall. A lot of people think, well, around here, I think it's down by so Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, it's the Marshall County. Yeah. And what else did you find for us? I'm going to go straight into probing. All right. <laughs> this case, 
What? What? Hmm. You got you got to talk about aliens. This is the first report I could find like actually where aliens are talked about. All right. Hmm. Excuse me. Shouldn't I eat that burger for dinner? Either way, here we go. This is um takes place in Goodwin, South Dakota, and the year is 1963. I have one little side note. If the person that gave this report to the NUFORC organization, if you happen to listen to this and you're still alive, I know you'd be in your early 70s. I did the math. So if you'd like to email us, that'd be great. You can email us at edgeoftheheadlightspodcast at gmail.com. So either, here's where we go. Basically, this takes place over an hour. This family is driving on a highway just a little bit north of Goodwin. And they're, they're in a car. The older car is like the mom, dad, and three sisters, I think, if I read this right. Yep, three sisters. And all of a sudden, they're just driving. The car dies, and this light, bright light comes over it and stops in front of the car. What do you think the dad says? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's they're Her father is a World War II vet. He says, I will see what they want, and he angrily gets out of the car. <laughs> that tells you a lot about our vets, especially from yeah. World War II. He's got, like, oh, brass yeah. balls. Yeah, they don't This light around. just comes up out of the sky, stops in front of the car. He's pissed off because his car is dead. Right. And he's like, what the hell is this shit? And he's getting out. <laughs> this son of a bitch is asking for it. Yep. Well, he gets out, and this person giving the report says he came out. He comes back a couple minutes later. He walks to the light. He comes back and with a subdued hotel, and he says, they're here for your mother. Oh, damn. <laughs> and the mom <laughs> reply is, no way. They're like bullies. So that makes me think that this person has had this happen before. Oh, yeah. Because from the way I read this report, what I'm reading between the lines is they're from the area around Goodwin. Right. Because they're traveling a certain distance. I'm not going to say what it has. Yeah. But, so basically, the, the uh, let's see, yeah. I lost my spot. Yeah, and basically, a few minutes later, aliens approach the vehicle. They don't, that's what kind of irks me about this report that says aliens. Yeah. No descriptions. Right. And it's in 1956, so this is after Roswell, so I'm picturing little gray aliens or maybe little green men. Right, right. But there is no description given of the aliens. Basically, aliens come in, take the mom out, take the dad out. Then before the mom gets taken, she tells her kids, hide in this, lay down in the back seat and maybe they won't see you. Yep. Well, they take them, eventually the aliens take the mom and dad, they come back, and they get the little girls, and take them out, and take them to the ship. And so they figure it's about an hour later, maybe two hours later, they're back in the car. No memory of anything. No memory, basically, other. they don't, oh, they're in the car, and they're like, car's dead, the lights right. are back on. The car's working, but they shut the battery off for like a half an hour so the battery can charge up. Yeah. Take off, and they go home. Hey, Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I would say by by the mother's reaction. I just think is, the dad's reaction is off. What the hell do they want now? Right. Let me go take care of this one. But then to come back and be like, they need you. But, you know, her reaction, it, it definitely has undertones of, hey, yeah, this has happened. I know the drill, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, oh man, that's really creepy. But this person that have to said she was six years old at the time of this. So I did the math, and if you're still alive, please contact us. I would love to talk to you about oh, this. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. A- anonymity would, you know, be maintained, obviously, yep. if that's something you want. But, uh, yeah, no, I would love to hear, even if it wasn't on air, just uh, send I did, us that, a story. I've never heard of alien, alien sightings or abductions around this area until I... 
because I went down the rabbit hole. I hate rabbit holes. I really do because I, I know you mentioned ended, the other day. I, <laughs> I ended up going on that casebook study where they have like fifteen hundred. I went on the blue brick book thing. Yep. And they have like fifteen hundred cases. That leads you down a terrible rabbit hole because there's two cases I'm going to show you. We're going to talk about off the air for probably a future episode. Okay. That make no sense to me why they even went there to look at these things. Oh God. <laughs> You'll be like. And we're going to do is definitely do something about James E. McDonald. Because okay. a lot of the cases had his name on there. I was looking at him like, who the fuck is this James yeah. E. McDonald? It says James E. McDonald's list. I look it up. He's from Actually, he's from Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's some really interesting people from Minnesota. Maybe we should move there. No, I'm not no, going to. No, no, <laughs> And I, I love Minnesotans. I'm over there a lot. I've got a kid actually living over in that state now, but I don't want to. Do you claim him? there. Yeah, most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. So what are cases? I got my two I got one two cases done. What do you got? I think I did two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, another one I got was uh, actually just a really short one. Again from Minnesota. Uh Cloquette, Cloquet, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Clocot. Clocot. <laughs> Clocot. Cloaking device. I don't know. We're yeah. gonna go with Clocot. Uh and this one actually was January 21st, 2019, so very recently. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of information, just that they had seen, a man had seen this flying object that changed shape and changed lights that varied uh, in size and color, but never blinked. They were always solid lights. Uh, he watched the got up and disappeared. My first reaction was like, was it an older guy who just happened to see a Christmas tree off? You know, I mean, it is yeah. still January, but you know, uh, changing an object itself, changing shape, you're not going to confuse that with a Christmas tree. And a Christmas tree, in my experience, doesn't go shooting up and then off into the sky unless you plant the right stuff underneath it, I suppose. But Or if you're just smoking there. So, no, we're not. Well, we're not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've seen some weird stuff in my days back in the military. Yeah, yeah. You do you some certain things you're not very proud of. And <laughs> right. When right. the trees start to bleed, it's not a good day. I was going to say, I, I was going to say, usually it's a melting more than exploding into the sky. But yeah, but yeah it's a really short one, but it's kind of interesting, I thought, just the duration of it. Uh, so like I said, most of your reports you'll see, it is literally just a couple minutes of seeing something off in the distance and gone. Yeah. But the four to five hour, I was like, oh, geez, that's a long time to be watching this thing and have it moving around, see, changing if, light colors. That just makes you think, if it's a, if you can see that from that horizon, distance horizon is like 12 miles, so you have right. to be within 12 miles of it. Oh, yeah. But my question, if it's on that, what's it doing? Oh, yeah, that's, no, for that long, just kind because of. Because if he saw it, there has to be other people 12 miles away. I, I've lived in the, I'm a farm kid. Yeah. There has to be other people that have seen it, or at least notice yeah, something any, strange yeah, anywhere in that diameter should have been able to see it you know yeah but that was at night wasn't super late so it's not like it was three or four in the morning it was you know after dark so probably eight nine o'clock when he started seeing this mm -hmm. but yeah i was just kind of was like oh that's really recent and just the duration of it was kind of odd to me yeah know, it's not an airplane or yeah i'm pretty sure most of your drones wouldn't be that large to be seen from that far away no no I, I know me and one of my kids a couple of years ago here in town 
I was picking him up. He worked at Little Ways Out of Town. We were driving in. He's like, Dad, what the hell is that? And there was a light up there. And we followed it for a while. But, yeah, we eventually, after about 10 minutes of driving, figure out, oh, yeah, that's a drone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's... The battery life isn't that long. Yeah, you know, and if you've seen them at any given point, got to a certain angle, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, somebody's got a drone going out. But four or five hours of, you know, watching this thing around, probably not a drone, you know, especially at that size to be that distance away. Yeah. At that point, the drone is just a speck of light, you know. Yeah. You probably wouldn't even even notice it. Yeah. Because I know that we had one at the 4th of July thing here, and I'm like, my brother's like, look at that. What's that? I'm like, I ain't, he's like trying to make fun of me because he makes fun of me because I, every time I look at a nice guy, I'm looking for UFOs. I ain't oh, lying. Yeah, I mean, that's, I've been doing that He's like trying to elbow me. What's that? What's that? I'm like, it's a drone, dumbass. <laughs> right. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's a drone, dumbass. <laughs> but, Trust me. Oh, yeah. Speaking of dumbasses, let's talk about North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, North Dakota. We love you, Nodak. Yeah. But this one is the story of Sandy Larson. And her 15-year-old daughter, Jackie, and Jackie's boyfriend. They were traveling down. They were going from Bismarck to Fargo along the interstate on Interstate 94. This takes place in August 26, 1975. When they, they basically, they saw this flash and heard a rumbling sound in the southern sky. And they watched it head east. They, say, they said there was like 8 to 10 glowing objects with smoke around them. Oh, wow. Yeah. One was notably larger than the other. The witness had an impression that in some fashion, uh, the, other, the other objects had come out of it. So there's like a large one, big mother shift, and little itty-bitty ones came out. Right. They watched as the UFOs ascended until they were above a grove of trees about 20 yards away. The truck didn't stop or anything. So I don't know why they stopped, because if I saw that, I'm sorry, I'm not stopping. <laughs> right. I will just keep uh, road cruising and watching it in my taillights. Yeah. Then they felt like, they all of a sudden, as they watched it from like 20 yards away, all of a sudden, they felt like they got stuck. So basically, I'm pretty sure this UFO shot a beam out and said, all right, we're going to do some stuff to you. Right, we're, we're getting time stopped and bad yeah. things are about to happen. Then they basically, all of a sudden, they know, they figure it's about an hour later. And the weird thing is, she noticed right away, she was sitting in the front seat, and now she was sitting in the back seat. Oh, yeah. So... So this happened, when did I say it happened? August. 75. August. Yeah, August 75. Well, it must have bothered him because in December, they went to the University of Wyoming to psychologist R. Leo Sprinkle. What a name. That is a heck of a name. <laughs> How'd you like that on your door? R. Leo Sprinkle. Uh, Dr. Sprinkle. Well, he's a psychologist, and they he, they went under hypnosis. Oh, okay. And pretty much what they told is like, yeah, I can remember they remember being floated the car stopped from that time where they felt like they were stuck the car stopped and she remembers being floated out of the car oh wow yeah and in a state of paralysis and basically the th- they floated in the UFO with Terry Terry was the gentleman who was with them and in the UFO there was a six foot tall robot like being with glaring eyes put it on the table covered it in a clear liquid and inserted an instrument up her nose and then performed oh. other medical procedures. Sounds horrifying. Let's be, that just really just sounds horrifying to me. Yeah. And when they, she, they, she, she kept the memory, but Terry, he refused to have any of it. And they never said what T happened to him. Yeah, well, I would imagine it was probably traumatic. I mean, if 
Oh yeah. You're at that point, you're just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm noping out of this. I'm done. I don't want to know. Yeah. I love you. You're my friend, but I don't want to hear any more about this. No, because yeah, I do, definitely, especially a six foot robot. So. Oh yeah, and and I imagine he wasn't as as friendly as like a. a and the funny thing, okay. And so, mentioning robots, everybody's probably thinking, "Well, oh, it's like C-3PO. That's about the time frame. In 75, oh, that's when Star Wars came out. Yeah, no. Star Wars came out in 77, yeah. two years before yeah. this was even thought about in the mainstream eye about robots. Because yeah. I, I feel like Star Wars put robots into the mainstream eye of the co- American conscience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a massive pop culture explosion on yeah. many levels Star Wars period was. I mean, there were robots before that, you know. But they're the big clunky, the robot. Yeah, clunky, like a coffee can. Yeah, yeah, you know, like a robot from Lost in Space. Yeah. You know, lovable, but not enough to pervade pop culture as much as Plus, the beloved droids that we came to know. Yeah, because like on Robbie the Robot, he doesn't have eyes either. And she said, she meant this, uh, Sandy mentioned that, it had glaring eyes. Yeah. In. So that tells me it's more facial and yep yeah quit hitting the yeah, and even even most sci-fi up to that point with robots other than say like asimov's uh i robot series stuff yeah. like that they i don't were, even think that was out no it might have been yeah it was it was out a ways back some of his stuff uh but most of your robots were the utilitarian coffee can with you know spring-loaded arms and they were not given human features yeah. you know like a golem type thing because it would need really detailed features to say a glare she felt like it yeah. oh something. yeah a glare is more than just having eyes you yeah. know my, my dog has eyes my cat fucking glares at me you know there's <laughs> there's a difference in your how cat's kind of evil I've been yeah she, she's a wonderful bipolar bitch i love her <laughs> but yeah yeah that yeah, that is not your atypical of that time period description of a robot that you would have on there. No. You know, it may be humanoid, but most of them were like, it was just a straight metal face with no features. You know, you just didn't have that kind of thing I usually. Dick, even going on newer reports, you don't really hear anything about robots. Usually it's the gray alien. Yes. But you hardly, I, I think I heard like one other one with robots, and that was a guy who was stuck in a tree, and they came out of the UFO and tried to get him out of the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I them were robots, that, yep. but you don't hear about robots very often. Usually yep. it's like the little gray aliens or the reptoids or yep. some of them other things. Yeah, they're very rare occurrences of hearing of any kind of uh, automaton even, mm-hmm. uh, other than just, like, yeah, the, the reptoid, the grays. I think there was another one that was pretty popular back that's kind of faded out of uh, popularity. But uh, I will go on to my uh, last story I believe I have found for us. Um, This one is a little more involved and actually is a story that uh, was found as a military report from the Freedom of Information Act. And this actually took place out in Nislin, South Dakota, which is west side of the state. And it is one of our old missile bases. And this took place back in 1977. Ah, there were some uh, airmen had seen a bright light and they'd gotten warning alarms along the fence of the the. Uh, what am I thinking? The, the installation. Yeah, the installation. Ah. <laughs> uh, they 
two guys went out, two airmen went out to investigate. One stayed with the vehicle. The other one went up to kind of see where what was going on. And he actually encountered a green glowing figure in a uniform with a helmet and a visor. So there are no facial features, but they are helmeted, uh, lightly glowing green outfit. Uh, he It started heading towards the fence and he told it to stop and raised his weapon at it, his M16, and gave a warning shot. This thing turned around and blasted him with some kind of beam which disintegrated his M16 and ended up actually giving him second and third degree burns on his hands. Well, he ducked for cover, called right away for his backup to get up there to come help him. Well, by the time he got there, there was actually a second figure that is same uniform, same glowing, just pretty much ignoring them and heading back towards the fence. They saw a light coming over the ridge past the fence that these things were heading towards. Uh, he actually told them to stop. They did not. He actually took two shots at them. Says he hit one in the helmet and another one in the back. They dropped to the ground and returned fire, which he ducked for cover. Was it like a beam? or? Yeah, it's it's it sounded like it was some sort of beam... Ray weapon? Pistol, yeah. Like a, a typical light ray weapon of some kind. You know, the typical. That well, we can tell that it didn't work for the Empire because they actually hit stuff. Uh, right. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely not stormtroopers. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, by the time he got back out of cover, they had gone up over the ridge. So him and his partner scramble to go check out what's going on over the ridge. And they see them entering a craft, which is where this vertical light was coming from that they had seen. And the ship, they go in, shoots up, and they watch it just fly off into the horizon towards the east. Uh, they call in their report quick to go, hey, this is what's going on. Immediately, military sends out a special investigations team, shuts things down. Uh, they check the guy out, and he does have third-degree burns all over his hands. His weapon is never found, never recovered, no well, idea where it went. They trust me, they probably searched high and low because some weapons oh, military. Yeah, no. they're, they're serial numbers on them, they're highly relegated. Yeah, if one they, disappears, you can go spend, think you're going to spend three weeks looking for it. Oh, they yeah, absolutely. Well, the interesting thing was uh, when they get there, they did radiation checks and found that the whole area was sitting at a much higher radiation level than it should be. And after investigating, they found that a bunch of the warheads in these missile silos were missing their nuclear components. Just completely gone. What? So basically just dead warheads sitting in our missile silos. Yeah. Which, which when I got to that part of the story, I was like, oh, oh God, no. You know, that just doesn't disappear. I mean, there's a lot of stories of craft being around nuclear sites like that. And, I mean, they're they're there for a reason. I don't know if they're coming in testing to see how pure our destructive bullshit is yet, <laughs> you know, or, or what they're doing. Well, it doesn't have to be that pure to do some damage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's good enough to annihilate ourselves a hundred times over. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just found that really odd and, and a little more credible because it is actually taken from a military account. Uh, well, usually you'd think, like, with them, they don't let too much out. Oh, yeah, no. 
which makes me wonder how much of the story they didn't release into a report, you know, yeah. with, with freedom like, of we'll, information. We will never see that. Ever. Oh, God, no, no. It would be awesome if we could. So if you right. have any information about that, please email us. <laughs> Send that right to us. We would love to get a look at it. Because I wonder if the men in black showed up. You would almost have to think. Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, they were already reports of them investigating other things that at 77 oh yeah yeah i'm sure they were there it's some capacity or another yeah figuring something out i mean like i said it's one thing to have an m16 disappear they go into crackdown on things like that even like night vision goggles at this point well bringing back up here bringing up the tic tac video the one video you talked about got dumped last year oh yeah 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 there was supposedly MIBs, Men in Black, not Will Smith or Michael Irons. No, it's not Michael. Whatever. Basically, <laughs> the white dude, the black dude. Right. Basically, there were reports of them harassing people before they got released. So, oh, really? Yeah. I guess I shouldn't be shocked by that, yeah. really, with some of the other stories you see. So, if any of you, if any MIBs are listening, if you can contact us, I will give you Marty's only fan page information, and we'll get you going on that. And it is definitely worth it. It is. I pay the premium price. Uh, All right. Well, just hang on a second, folks. I I apologize, folks. I have three dogs for sale. Seriously. (laughs) They are the most annoying dogs. If somebody somebody upstairs farts, they start barking. But they are adorable. Really? Take them home with you. Yeah. No, I'm good. I've I've got mine. I'm I'm good. Yeah. Well, we're going to finish off with one final case here. We're going to talk about this town called Millbank, South Dakota. And this is, incident happened in November 27th, 1976. And it's happened three times on three different occasions. This one man called Mike Foss. Takes place, it's this 27-year-old man, Mike Foss, from rural Millbank, was going home, and he's seen a light off in the distance, and he's going to his family farm that was seven miles south and a bit west of the Millbank itself. You have to work with us, folks. This is our first episode, so we're still working out the bugs on this stuff. We apologize. Well, either way, this Mike Foss, he worked in Millbank, and he was going home to his parents' house because he had been recently divorced. And also, Mike Foss, if you have me listen to this, you'd have to be in your early 70s also. If you can contact us, that'd be great. I would love to talk to you or somebody who knows of this story besides of what I got off the Internet. Right, right. Yeah, now we would absolutely love that. Well, needless to say, well, Mike saw a bright light that was changing between the primary colors, which was red, blue, green, white. At first, he thought it was a helicopter, and he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then for the next 25 minutes, he, he well, basically went to his mom and dad's house, and he, the thing, like, followed him to go to his parents' house. Well, he gets in the house, and he tells his parents to come outside. Well, they come outside, and for the next 25 minutes, they watch this somewhat egg-shaped object float between their barn and their hog shed. Oh, which is crazy. Yeah. And it's slowly, and it's like they estimated the size of it is about 40 feet wide. Oh, damn. No, that's actually <laughs> pretty good size. Yeah, it was only massive like... massive egg. Because the reason he got that measurement is because he was like, the distance between the hog shed and the, ho- and the barn right. was about 40 feet, plus it was shorter. Yeah. He got, basically his math came out to like 40 feet wide. Yeah. And they watched, and it somewhat meandered off to the southwest, diminishing, and eventually just disappeared. 
It can look like a Christmas tree, they said in the distance. That's what it looked like, a Christmas tree. Yeah. Well, they've been, they asked, some guy came out and investigated, I'll tell the name at the end here. He came out and investigated, and the only thing they know is different is the TV channel flickered up and down like the old rabbit ears, like if the wind oh, right, right, yeah, with yeah. the antenna. Yeah, old school. Yeah. Well, this is, a, it happened again. Like, back in a few minutes, where the heck did it go? Like a month later, it showed up again. Yeah, actually, no, it was like the 27th. Like a few days later, it showed up. Ugh. And it basically, they couldn't, they they don't know if it was the same one because it was off in the distance and you could see it moving between yeah, point to yeah. point. And they said also, too, when they saw it, there was like two like leg antennas coming down from it, like oh. struts. Right, right, And on right. the end of it, there was like white lights. Hmm. When they watched it, it seemed like this time it just didn't just diminish. It basically went so far and it like exploded. Oh sh- shit! <laughs> like like imploded or exploded? no? But it did. It just flashed like it exploded. They oh, thought. Okay, right. Then what they noticed is too from the outside, from opposite side. Like let's say the left side and the right side. Right. Left side first would like a red ball would come out, go so far and just diminish and disappear. When that one diminished. On the right side, another red ball will come out and do the same thing. This did that several times over a few minutes. Oh, wow. So they don't know what that was all about. I say, yeah, with, with that and maybe like with those small antenna and there are some kind of sensors, you know, taking readings. I don't know. Yeah, like drones almost. Yeah. But that, you don't think they would just see it go back and forth and just going there and disappearing. Right. Then after this, Mike had some dreams about he had dreams that he was in a after the initial counter he said he felt like he didn't think it, he wasn't scared of it he said it didn't bother him he wasn't scared of it he said but he started having a strange dream that he was on a strange planet with the purple sky and watching numerous other crafts fight each other some silver and some are black and they seem to be fighting each other wow now i'm always a little uh apprehensive after encounters like that if I have a, a dream especially if it's something that's occurring more than once at that point I just have to go okay what is this mm-hmm. <laughs> one weird dream I can be like well yeah you know I saw weird shit flying around and you know I, I, my brain is trying to process it but when it's like the same thing over and over that's when I have to stop and take notice and be like mm, <laughs> what is going on here why yeah. am I having this yeah, and the guy, some investigator came out for MUFON, I think it was. And he came out investigating. He said, well, when he came out there, it was in the evening. He says, he pointed right at the planet Venus. He said, was that what you saw? And he goes, this Mike guy, he goes, no, I know that's a planet. And he says, that's a plane, and that's a satellite. Right. He says, what I saw was none of those three. And the guy's like, well, you don't hear much about this whole case, period. Right. But the really interesting thing this investigator came down to is like, well, the only thing odd about the area around where they lived is they had a metal silo. And that kind of ties back into your thing with the silos. Right, right. Yeah, whether it be missile or what are they looking for, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That is odd. Because if you go, the picture of the craft, I didn't describe it very well. But like on our Instagram page, I put out there a picture of it because the closest thing that this investigator found it looked like the UFO that was seen on the USS Ramsey on that incident 
Oh, 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 okay, yeah. So if you go, if you look at our Instagram account, you probably already know what I'm, what I'm yep. talking about. It's got a weird, like, tea kettle shape or yep. whatever. And that's what that, that's what it looked like. So yeah, that's as close that. as you could describe it. Wow. No, I'm going to kill my dogs. <laughs> I'm not going to, but Marty likes the one that sounds like the borker barking. It's hilarious. Best bark I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So what do you think aliens are? I got, we're, uh, we're, I got an opinion on this, but we'll just say. Uh, I, I, I know you do. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I have fought for years with people involving even just the discussion of UFOs because the, the general public reaction is, oh, you saw aliens. It's like, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> you know, I, I saw something that is literally unidentified flying in the sky does not automatically mean it's aliens. Um, I'd like to believe that they are visitors from another planet. Um, but over the years, some of my thoughts on that have changed. Mm-hmm. Simply because I know we've discussed it before on our own. That unless they have figured out some massively new fuel source to go that kind of distance... Or have learned how to fold space from basically zero energy, point A to B, moving. Mm-hmm. The, the, the distance is just unrealistic to be able to fly. Yeah, but don't, don't get Marty and me wrong. We do believe there's alien life out there in yeah. the universe. Oh, there's absolutely. probably billions of life forms. But I don't, personally, I don't think they've been here yet. What I think UFOs and aliens are is something for a wholly different episode. It is definitely an that's episode an episode or by two. itself, but or two. Here's the real question: What would aliens? What kind of life form do you think they are? Like carbon, silica? Um, I don't know. If if you go under the description of say like the Greys, I would say they are very much a carbon-based life form, much like us. They have just developed differently. Same with. Uh, reptoids uh, I I don't know I've seen enough different reports of different types of aliens that have been seen over the decades especially since Roswell when mm-hmm. you know we had massive reports of stuff I don't discount that there could be silica based life forms out there I mean even on our own planet we have seen animals that are living in very strong silica based environments yep that are carbon-based, that are still surviving. Yeah. So the possibility that there could be something silica-based is certainly not off the table in my mind somewhere. What about plant-based ones? Let's say, let's. what do you think would happen if some plant-based aliens came here, which oh. is possible? Oh, yeah. I think no. we'd rather probably instantly end up going to war. With oh, them. yeah. If, if they have any sort of intelligence, I, I think the more similar something is to us, the more readily we will accept it. Well, I think it with plant... Go ahead. And then that's just human nature. I mean, that's just how it is. Oh, we I are more likely to bring in something that looks like us as opposed to something that is so alien, not just because it's from another world, but just biologically it is so alien from what we are. A living Groot-type plant race would probably terrify the shit out of most of us because we don't really understand how that is even possible in our science. And you know who we could blame? The vegetarians. God diggins. They're eating plants. <laughs> Look what you've done. Look what you have wrought. 
If you're vegan, we don't hold anything against you. It's just no, no, it's all hypothetical. (laughs) All in fun. Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, I I don't disagree that our first encounters with most other creatures on a bigger scale will probably be a more volatile first contact. Would they even notice us too? Because if you go by the Michu Kaku scale, would they even notice our planet? Yeah. Uh, for civilization-wise, if you want to go by the right. one, two, three, four, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like I said, even even going into Star Trek, no one paid us any attention until we had developed a warp drive. And that's when another race is like, oh, shit, they're about to enter the, the chess field, you know. Yep. Before that, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of primitive savages. Fly by, no one cares. They're not doing anything. They're not bothering us. And I... I definitely don't discount that i think that is probably a case if there is someone flying by we are not quite at that level to be a threat anywhere else i mean we do have space travel but it's very limited space travel at this point you know oh yeah we can barely i mean we're still planning mars missions and that really big picture isn't that far we've only been to our moon once Yeah. yeah well a couple times but but realistically, all within a few-year window. Yeah. Not and they just back. went, no, fuck that, we're done with so that. So what's on the moon they're not telling us? Yeah, exactly. That's an episode right. for later, too. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right. I okay. mean, I actually, as a kid, I was more fascinated by what was in space. And I still am. I mean, that's just never going to go away. That's part of who I am at my core. But I want to discover more what we have on our own planet still. Because there are just massive swaths of ocean. We have no idea. We are still finding crazy shit down there. That's fine. That ocean can keep that shit. Oh, it can, because it's terrifying. But yeah, I mean, it's like, we we have the, the audacity to be like, we are going to go take over our solar system. We're going to colonize Mars. How about we get to the bottom of the ocean first? <laughs> On yeah, our own the, planet, before we, we start The stuff in the ocean we don't want to fuck with. I'm sure oh, 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 yeah, no, I... No. I absolutely agree with you that. You see that that thing on Facebook where that guy's like just panning across the water and all of a sudden he's just like, oh, this is nice and turns on the screen and great white's like six inches from oh, his head. Yeah, yeah. terrifying like, animals. No, no, oh. no, no, no. I said, I'm always drawn to water. I am just by nature. I am a water person, but I'm also scared to death of water just because there's just awful things in there. Funny story, speaking of water, I can't <laughs> swim. <laughs> yeah, hmm. Yeah, it's that's not a good thing. South Dakota, only place I learned was maybe in a slough. Well, me and my wife, we get married, and for our honeymoon, we go to Jamaica. You know, nice tropical, blah blah blah. And all we go to the resort. We take a catamaran, catamaran, ugh, the sailboat ride. You know the one with the, the, the big catamaran. Thing. There we go, big word. And they stop out there, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go scuba diving here. They're gonna go diving." I'm like, and the wife's like, "You can get in the water." I'm like, "She's like, you can't swim." I'm like. I told you, if we come here, I'm getting in the ocean. Well, they have life reserves. I'm like thinking, right. this is great. Yeah, no problem. So they hook me up with the life reserver. And I'm like putting it around my groin that so I can pop like a cork, you know. I'm like, and it's beautiful water, so you need oh, yeah. to hop in. Oh, yeah. That's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's really beautiful water and really clear. <laughs> so I get off the catamaran. I don't jump off. I go down the little water, stairs in the water. I'm just bobbing around, like, watching everybody else flip up and down like fucking dolphins. Right. And then I look down. I'm in 40 feet of water. I can see the bottom. I instantly freeze up. 
Did, did it give you kind of that uh, almost vertigo feeling like I get dealing with heights? Because well, it has a, almost that same kind of sensation. It is, but I also had to squeeze my sphincter because I was going to shit myself. <laughs> and it what was if just, that's like chum and in come the sharks? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just slowly bobbing there. I can't do anything. I'm like frozen. At least I'm upright. And I'm right, right. And I hear my wife yelling, are you okay? And she's giving me the thumbs up. And I'm, I go like, no, get me the fuck out of here. I'm like, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. <laughs> There could not be a bigger thumb for this thumbs down at yeah. this point. It's like bobbing like a sad. The, the guys from monster. the boat were awesome. They, one of them jumped in the water, came and got me, and drug my dumb ass back to the boat. And I'm, I'm sure you're not the first one that has froze up like out in that water. But I didn't them. expect it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I might be like ten feet. No, it's like forty feet deep, and Ugh. I can see the bottom. I can see like sea urchins down there. I'm yep. like. Yeah, I'm done. Give me the hell in the boat. I'm done. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, the, just the depths you can see and the clearness of the water down there mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's yeah. terrifying. Again, it's terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Jamaica's awesome. Oh, I'll yeah, never jump yeah. in the fucking ocean again. <laughs> I did it. That's checked off. Yep, that's my bucket list. Anymore. Done. No more real big water. I wear water wings in the shower, for Christ's sake. Just leave me be. I've done it. I'm done. Yep, I'm done. No, our ocean's just full of stuff, and that's another episode. I know we're talking oh, about all the yeah, episodes we're going to do in the future, but... On some of that stuff out there. But, like, like with this podcast here, we're going to hit more, like, local things. Like, Marty was talking about Minnesota, and the accounts there in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska. Maybe Iowa. We don't know about them guys. Yeah, it's a but little iffy, you know. we're going to try and... With this podcast, we're going to try and stay more local to the area. And there's, there is a lot of stuff that goes on here. It's just that you got to dig. Yeah. And... It's just binding it. And there is stuff there, I know for a fact, because I've got some stuff. Right. But we're going to talk about that. Yep. But it, it's, and some of that I think is simply <coughs> population densities. You know, there just aren't as many people. I think people with less population, because I know growing up on the farm, I'm 50 years old. Yeah. And I grew up, every night growing on the farm, I was up there looking at the night sky right. because you get done working all day if you're not too dead tired. Yep. You go to stare at the stars, you sit on the porch, whatever, do whatever you got to do, relax. I know there's plenty of people my age that have to have seen stuff going oh, on in the night sky. Yeah. That was not satellites or Venus yep. or swamp gas. But, Alan, like we've talked before, too, sometimes, like, especially with the Midwest, it is an issue of not wanting to put yourself out there and be singled out and ridiculed because of that. You know, and, and there is a lot of that. In farming communities, they're yeah. very tight knit. You know Jim, who runs the feed shop and all that. And if it gets out that you're seeing weird, I heard Jim's stuff, kind of a freak. You know, yeah, you know it, it's. I, I I've been there too. There are some people that I don't talk about that stuff around because it's like I'm not even just dealing with it. You know, most people in my life know that. Yeah, you're into weird shit. I mean, if you know me, you know I'm weird. You know. We're both kind of wearing the same right. bow. That's why we get. That's why we started this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Started or was forced at gunpoint hey, to be here. Hey, you liked it, but it's a happy gunpoint, and I'm not supposed to talk about that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about that in therapy. Okay, right. therapy's fine. Therapy is good with Doctor Sparkle. I can't wait to get back in there. Yeah, remember, woosa, woosa, goosefrava. Practice your breathing exercises. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, but if anybody hears this podcast, and we hope some people do and like what you hear, email us. I'm going to leave our email address in our show notes. Contact us anonymously. Or if you want to leave us your name, get a hold of us. We will gladly listen to your story, and we'll tell other people about it. Yeah, we won't make fun of you. We'll make light, 
we'll make more of a fun of each other about this stuff than we will right. about your whole situation. We will not do that to you. Yeah, no, it's nothing more horrifying than, than taking that leap of faith going, okay, I'm going to tell somebody this, and then have them basically just piss in your face and be like, ha, 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 and make fun of everything we you just yeah. said. You that's, know? I've had that done to me several times. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that just yeah, makes no. you want to shut down and not talk about it. Exactly. But we want people to talk about this stuff because this will help us. try. There is an answer out there for all this stuff that's going on. There is a key. There is a key, and this brass ring is figuring out the whole concept of what this whole paranormal thing is that we got going on right it's just not some weird people looking into the abyss yelling hey what's this it's all right to yell into the abyss because if you scream it's incoherent but hopefully something yells back at us eventually yeah yeah something not absolutely horrifying coming from i'd be all right with horrifying because then you know something's there and well at least it's an answer yeah i suppose you know as as cthulhu rises up and, and takes us all back down to the elder gods but I'm, I'm good with that, too. <laughs> I have a stuffed Cthulhu for a reason. I'm just oh, hedging so my you're bets. Oh, so you're already a worshiper of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. I'm just hedging my bets on all fronts. You know, one of them's got to be right on something. So. Oh, yeah. Cover so, the field. Yeah. So, we got anything else, Marty, you would like to tell these people? I think... We're uh, about at an hour, like 56 minutes, so... That's not too bad no, for a first show. Uh, hopefully the other episodes hiccups. will be a longer because there's probably going to be a couple of two-parters out there. Oh, so. yeah, no, there's absolutely, I would say, a couple that are going to have to be longer shows simply because of the content. Yeah, and also, if you get emails, I know I've been saying that a lot, but i got to promote this so we get some stories. Right. If there's something you want us to talk about and do research on, We'll do a research. We'll look up Wikipedia, Google. No, we'll go. We'll go, we'll go a little bit more in depth than that. We'll go, but we only got internet access, and we got the local library. There's always a local library. Local library that has like ten books in it. it went well, you know, and you can rent some old videos. I think still there. I don't know. I haven't been in our library in forever, simply because I have libraries at at my fingertips on a phone at this point, yeah. which is sad. But pretty much, it is. It is the state of the world. Um, also with emails, and I'm sure this will come into play probably farther down the road, we will even accept if you're calling in to be angry about something we are saying. Yes, we want angry emails. Nothing <laughs> goes forward and gets solved without discussion. Yep. Nobody should always get along and agree on everything. Unless it's my damn dogs I'm going to sell. <laughs> then those are for sale. No. But yeah, no, nothing has ever been solved without some kind of dissenting opinion. Yep. And we want to hear other people's input on some of the ideas that we are going to throw out there. We like to call it spicy argument. Spicy right. spicy discussion. <laughs> I mean, there's because even we're some all things adults where here. we differ on, yeah. on some of our opinions, and you may hear some of that on future shows. Because we always know I'm right, Marty's wrong. This is true. Yeah. This is very true. Yeah. I've just accepted that role. <laughs> yeah, you're the submissive one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds good. <laughs> oh, really? All right, so yeah. Email us stories, what you want us to do, and that's about all I got. You got anything, Marty? I've got nothing. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening out there. Uh, we love it. As long as you're going to keep listening, we're going to keep making shows. If nobody is listening, we're probably still going to keep making shows. Yeah, because me and Marty don't get to hang out much, so. No. no we're going to try and drop an episode like every week, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're going to try and stick to that schedule. So we may have a couple of mini episodes, especially when I talk to my redheaded son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God bless the boy. <laughs> Not really. I don't know where he came from. Uh, just he has red hair. I have no hair. It, you do have no hair. <laughs> All right. I can't even be blamed because I don't have red hair. Thank God. Dodging that bullet. 
Yeah, I don't know about that, boy. <laughs> All right, everybody have a good night. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.